Welcome to Share Public Health, the Midwestern Public Health Training Center's podcast connecting you to public health topics, issues, and colleagues throughout our country, highlighting that we all share in public health. Thank you for tuning in to this series of interviews with public health leaders as we learn about different perspectives on current and emerging public health issues. Today, Suzanne Holly from Wichita State University talks with Lindsay Hughes, the State Supervisor of Public Health Nursing in Wyoming and past president of the Association of Public Health Nurses. They discuss the need for flexibility in public health, particularly in communication and leadership styles. Hi, welcome to our leadership series. My name is Suzanne Hawley, and I'm from the Midwestern Public Health Training Center. We're glad we're here today to be joined with a real public health leader from learning about public health skills from a personal perspective. So thank you for joining us today. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell us about um, where you're from and how you got into public health. Sure, um, I'm Lindsay Hughes, and I am currently the Chief of Public Health Nursing for the Wyoming Department of Health. And I am also the outgoing president of uh, the Association of Public Health Nurses. And that has been a fantastic journey. Uh, public health nursing has been my love and my um, absolute just favorite thing in the whole world, really, uh, for about 18 years now, which has been my entire nursing career. And really, I got into public health when I was in nursing school and kind of went through the program, um, panicked a little bit because I uh, really discovered that although I was good at all of the other kinds of nursing, they just really didn't speak to me. Um, I found myself frustrated a lot because I would leave a clinical experience thinking, why did this person get sick? There had to have been something that could have been done to prevent um, their heart disease or their obesity or you know whatever um, they happen to be suffering from and so uh, when I got to my community health rotation and I realized that there was this entire field of nursing that was devoted to uh, prevention and really looking at kind of more the upstream factors that led to disease and that we could in fact um, really focus on prevention and helping people live healthier lives to start with um, I felt like I was home and I kind of figured that out within the first five minutes of class uh, in my community health class. So um, I have been a public health nurse at heart ever since. Great. So what excites you most now about public health? Oh my goodness. You know, I really feel like in public health and uh, public health nursing specifically, there are so many opportunities to have an impact. Um, and, you know, nursing is wonderful anyway because you touch lives every single day. Um, in public health nursing, you're touching entire communities every single day. Um, so it just, my favorite part is that your reach is so big. So um, while it's wonderful to have that individual um, impact, it's so great to know that, you know, you're able to um, basically have have an impact on an entire community and that can that can uh, last for generations so yeah. that's exciting that's really exciting mm -hmm. so the field of public health is is changing all the time um, which you know and I'm just wondering what skills do you think are relevant for public health leaders to manage this change or lead this change 
One of my absolute favorite things um, to tell people on their very first day in public health is that flexibility is your friend. And the sooner you can um, really accept that and learn to love it, the easier your life will be because absolutely things are changing, um, not just at all times, but sometimes just incredibly fast. And so just knowing that that is part and parcel of the land um, and being okay with that is so important. From a leadership perspective, you have to understand that change is hard for people and to really anticipate people's needs going through those changes. Um, and so thinking ahead and understanding, you know, for me personally, you know, I have a staff of about 150 nurses that I, that I oversee. Um, we, like any staff, have varying levels of comfort with change. Some love it like I do, others absolutely hate it. And so I know that if I'm going to effectively manage that change, I have to be very transparent. Um, I have to include them and make sure that they understand what's going on and why it's happening. Um, if possible, to get their buy-in. Um, of course, that's sometimes we have to make a change and they're just not gonna like it. Um, but to really, really focus on um, bringing them along with you in that change and getting them excited uh, for the change. And you know, if you've done a good job upfront of building good trust with your staff and with your colleagues and your partners, um, then when you say this is changing, there it, it just goes more smoothly because they trust that you're not going to um, lead them into the mud. Um, and so, you know, flexibility, building trust, lots and lots of communication, and I, I can't even emphasize that enough, that communication is just paramount to leading anybody through change. So, I like the word flexibility because it's mm -hmm. simple. But obviously there's a lot involved with that. And I mean, really, that's a great advice um, for life, <laughs> you know, yes. in terms of just living as a human being. So thank yes. you for that. And when you talk about communication, that makes me want to ask you, um, you know, persuasive communication is considered this cr critical strategic skill. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering what you think um, in terms of what parts of communication has been helpful or important for you in your work. Yes, persuasive communication and flexible communication. Yes, extremely important. Um, you never know who your audience, audience is going to be, and you don't know when you're going to have a certain audience. Um, you know, you don't know who you're going to get in an elevator with. You don't know who's going to be in an audience. Um, I actually had the opportunity to provide uh, a a session at a cancer coalition meeting on the importance of building a culture of vaccination to encourage uh, providers to build offices that would be friendly for parents to want to get the HPV vaccine essentially um, and kind of helping providers think through those factors um, around you know vaccine hesitancy and education and kind of making it a normalized thing from the time they check in through an entire encounter and things like that. So I gave this presentation on that and um, I chose my language very specifically for that audience. And uh, as I'm up there speaking, discovered that our brand new health director was sitting in the back of the room. 
um, who doesn't have uh, a health or public health background and so realized oh he probably doesn't know what I'm talking about sometimes and so as I'm up there having communication I have to start I have to start um, you know changing maybe my wording a little bit and make or, it look totally natural absolutely while it's <laughs> absolutely you know just being maybe a little more explanatory yeah. which might have made some yeah. of the physicians in the group scratch their head because they were thinking <laughs> I know this um, but really because I you know when you know okay the, I have certain populations maybe who need a certain kind of communication sure. um, and then you you do have in public health we have to have probably more persuasive communication um, than any other field of nursing because we have to advocate for our populations. We have to advocate for the programs that we're serving, which a lot of times, you know, we're not the ones necessarily who are running the programs. We're delivering the services of the programs, but there might be program managers um, who are, you know, handling the grants or, you know, whatever. Um, and then on top of all that we have to advocate for our jobs and for our existence because who even knows what public health nurses do right um, a lot of times people just don't know what we do and so we have to really learn to um, speak in a way that first of all is clear uh, that people understand and we have to learn to make connections between what's important to them and what we're doing and so that's a very important component of being persuasive is is really learning how to translate and make those make those connections seeing the patterns between okay I know that this legislator or um, this coalition is um, you know their focus is on X Y and Z we're working on these they don't understand how those align and I need to really find a way to communicate in a way that makes those connections in a very clear way for them. So we do that all the time. So if you're connecting the dots mm -hmm. for all these different stakeholders, I'm wondering how systems thinking has helped you in, in your work to further public health. Sure, uh, I'm really lucky that that's just kind of personally where I live. Um, I'm very comfortable kind of at 30,000 feet. Um, if you put me down in the nitty-gritty details, I can do it, but I kind of hate it. <laughs> and so thinking at a systems level feels very natural for me, but that is not the case for everyone. Um, it is such an important skill in public health nursing because what we do encompasses so many systems. Um, if you are familiar with the ecological model of health, um, that is such a beautiful illustration of all of the different levels that we really operate on. Yeah, the individual, yep. the, the yes. family, the Where community. It's, it's the like policy. one of those Russian nesting dolls. So yes. you've got the individual at the core, and then you've got the family, and then you've got the community, um, and then you've got you know policy on you know on the outside of that. I like the Russian that. nesting doll. Yeah, that's it's much easier than concentric <laughs> circles. <laughs> well, and if you haven't ever you know if you had to and that's that's a piece of persuasive. No, like you, yes, thank you. Now if I'll you, use that. If if our <laughs> listeners have never looked at an ecological model yeah. or they're like, what is she talking about? Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So you get, you know, those levels get bigger as you go out. 
we have to be able to think about how our interventions and how our policies and how our work um, and how the issues are kind of threaded throughout all of those different levels mm -hmm. because um, you know we may only we may only have the resources to intervene on one level and we need to figure out which one's going to be most impactful or um, we need to convene our community partners so that we have more leverage to um, to address an issue at a greater level so having a systems view of things is vital and one of my absolute favorite sayings, I have to say, environmental health class was not my favorite class in my, um, my MPH program, but the very, very best quote ever came out of that class, and it was that everything impacts everything, um, which is totally true. Um, when yeah. you go through your environmental health the class, butterfly it's effect. like, yes. And it's so true of like literally everything. So you think about something that happens on an individual level and how that's gonna now impact the family. And if a family is struggling, how's that gonna impact their, their involvement in the community? And now if your community is struggling because maybe you have many families struggling with that, how is that impacting, you know, the government? How is that, you know, it's really important to be able to kind of follow those threads through so that you can um, efficiently and effectively use your resources at the level that will have the most impact. So, you know, I'm thinking about, as you say that, you know, maybe there's a butterfly effect with people listening to what you're saying today in some of those Ooh, cool. great ideas, you know, that, that are kind of connecting to your thoughts. I'm wondering if there's something, anything else that you'd like to share that you think would be helpful for, for public health professionals out there in the field um, to think about in terms of important skills or advice you might give to someone just starting out? Oh my goodness. That, you know, starting out in public health can be really tricky because um, especially in public health nursing, you get a very, very short exposure to it in school. And what you're exposed to in school doesn't necessarily look like what public health actually looks like. And so I really encourage people to get involved um, and educate themselves as much as possible. Ask their employers for resources. Um, so. You know, we have all of these wonderful associations out there that can, that provide resources. So the Association of Public Health Nurses, if you are a, a brand new um, nurse who's, or a brand new public health nurse, maybe you've, maybe you've been an ER nurse forever and you're now getting into um, public health nursing, not as easy as it sounds to go from that individual level thinking to that, now that systems level thinking, right? Um, it can be really challenging. It can be a really tough switch. Um, get involved in a professional association where you can make connections with other um, people who are in the profession who can help you really develop your skills. Um, I mean, I would hope that you're going to have some, some opportunities for growth within your organization and that you're going to have some orientation and retention and um, development within your organization, but you don't have to just stop there. There are many, many other opportunities uh, professionally and outside of um, your, just your workplace that you can grow. Uh, there's just this wonderful, supportive 
um, group of people out there who we love, like we love new nurses. Uh, you know, you hear about some fields that eat their nurses or eat their young, you know, as they have baby nurses coming out of school and public health nurses are really not like that. Um, typically they're very, um, well, we don't get public health nurses very often. Uh, people don't come to public health nursing as often as we'd like them to. So we're very excited to get new blood. So we're, we're usually very um, welcoming and, and encouraging for people to join our ranks. Um, but joining a public, you know, an association like APHN, um, there's also um, organizations like APHA, um, the Association of uh, American Public Health Association, <laughs> uh, Public Health Nursing Division, um, you know, and they focus a lot on policy, but also have a lot of great opportunities for mentorships and things like that. Um, you know, there are just a lot of great opportunities out there for people to learn and grow, and I highly recommend that. And oh my goodness, just jump in. Um, don't be afraid. Don't feel like an imposter. Um, don't feel like you don't belong there. Just jump in, learn, um, and and enjoy it um, because it's it is an absolutely incredible field to be in. I could not be anywhere else. So being with you today. You know, um, I'm really appreciative of the ideas of openness, flexibility, you know, the things that you've shared in terms of your wisdom, but just how you exemplify that um, well, in you. your conversation. So I think that um, those are great things to, to show that you, you can do those things. I mean, your presidency with APHN is a perfect example of that. So. I just really thank you for this time and I'm so glad to meet you. Thank you very much. So um, thank you for joining us today with our leadership session. I hope you'll join us again with a future session so we can gain some more insights. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you tune in for the next episode of Share Public Health. Special thanks to our guests and to Katie Brandert, Brandon Grimm, Joy Harris, Roger Heilman, Janine Moody, Melissa Richland, Hannah Schultz, and Lori Wachner with the Midwestern Public Health Training Center. Theme music was composed and produced by Dave Hoeing and Roger Heilman. Funding for this webinar is provided by the Health Resources and Services Administration. Please see the podcast notes for an evaluation and transcript. <laughs>